Hey all you yuckers and yummers out there, my name's Courtney. And I'm Carlito. And if you enjoy listening to Newlyweds Argue, then this podcast is for you. Well, more specifically, we'll be discussing movies, books, or certain comics that one enjoys and tries to introduce the other to it. And then find out the verdict of whether they yuck it or yum it. You can listen to us currently on Anchor.fm and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you have fun listening to our podcast, Don't Yuck My Yum. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. Again, I'm your host, Carlito. And I'm Courtney. How's it going, everybody? We're just going to check in here. How how you doing, babe? Yeah, I'm doing great. You want to know why? Why? Oh, I know why. Yeah? You got fired. No! <laughs> yeah, she got fired from her job. No, I didn't. Yeah, they were like, ah, oh, not clocking in on time. Her work ethic's you're not, down. You're not answering any calls she's not trying (laughs) she she talks back to the customers that's not true at all just hangs up on them everybody's gonna think i'm a i'm a bad worker now wait no you're not no (laughs) no i today was my last day of the job that i was working yeah she quit to do this full time (laughs) no quite (laughs) doesn't exactly pay the bills Uh uh-uh no not yet anyway i'm yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah hey dreamers gonna dream yeah that'd be great yeah i could do this 24 7 if this paid for our bills sure one but, day maybe yeah that'd but be no awesome. but for anyone who doesn't know and we might uh actually do a maybe an episode where you we just talk about us about our story and get mm-hmm. to know us but brief synopsis is the job that i was currently doing was kind of those jobs you have to do because we have to because uh, because of COVID, we lost our previous jobs. Mm-hmm. So in order to do, you know, make money and actually be able to survive in the meantime, had to do a job, didn't want to do, hated it. And today I returned all my stuff. I let it, let it all go. Mm-hmm. And it was the best feeling ever. You slammed it back into the office. I did. <laughs> slammed it on the front desk. Take it. I'm done. Take it back. I don't want it. Lord. Any of it. <laughs> sorry i was letting you finish thank you i was like oh i interrupted her mid quote um terminator is that what oh yeah, yeah, yeah. terminator i don't want it any, any of, of it, it. <laughs> well i don't want this honor <laughs> i find that so funny that you can quote that movie out of all movies you quote that movie <laughs> it's a good movie i know but it's a great movie but it's like i can't believe like you like that movie why because it's not girly well it's violent because the track record on the podcast is you don't like violence. And I, that's a very violent movie. I, yeah. But I, I think I think it holds dear to you because... Well, didn't your parents go see it? Like on a date? They did. Yeah, my parents saw it in theaters when it came out. And funny enough, my, it was my mom's suggestion to go see it. Did we say what movie we're talking about? We're getting there. Okay. No, I mean like the movie we're currently yeah, talking about. Yeah, I said about. Terminator. You said Terminator. Okay. Oh, yeah. I just want to make sure. I thought you meant the podcast movie. No, I meant, I, I didn't want people to get, like, lost. They're like, what movie are they No, I said about? Terminator. Okay. And then you were like, oh, yeah, you quoted that. Right, right, right. Yeah. See, he's so old. He's forgetting. Already. I forget things after yeah. five seconds. Yeah. Your birthday's coming up, and you're already forgetting things. I'm going to be 42. 42. <laughs> I feel 42. My brain feels 42 after this last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've all aged after this last year. We all aged five years within the last year. Mm-hmm. It's like... When you become president, it's yeah. like the president, like you can tell he physically looks 20 years older after yeah, four years. Four years. Yeah. yeah. It says a lot. So I don't know no if Biden's going to make it. No one, and I don't think anybody in their right mind willingly wants that job. Biden's already old and he already looks old. So, I can't imagine what he's going to look like <laughs> after four years. He's going to be, he's going to look like um, Harvey Weinstein. When they were taking him to jail, but he's like, he has like a, a walker now. Oh. <laughs> Biden's going to be doing his, his last speech and he's going to get the walker out. And it's like, it really did a number on him. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, well, I'll fill him in. So yeah, you're going back to your old job. Yes. Uh, I'm in the same position, except I still have to work till next week. Yeah. Till the middle of next week. So Yeah. But hey, you're done. I'm done. You don't have to get up super early anymore. Uh, no, I had to wake up at 4.45 every day, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, for a job I 
hated. Which you originally didn't do when you started. You no. took that shift. Yeah, there was only there was two shifts, like an AM shift or a PM shift. And the PM shift, obviously, I didn't get done until 5 o'clock. The AM shift got me done at one thirty. so... Mm-hmm. I, and we were planning a wedding. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. You took that shift so that you could do wedding stuff the rest of the day. Yes. Because by the time I got off at five, you know, it was dinner time and then it was bedtime. Yeah. And. There wasn't enough time to do it anything. It wasn't. No. Because the weekends, I that was the thing. My, I just felt so busy all the time because then the weekends were filled with doing things for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I had no time to do anything else. <laughs> Which is crazy to think that. It took so much time to plan our wedding, and our wedding wasn't even, like, that big compared to what most people plan. Yeah. I can't imagine what they got to go through. Well, ours was actually pretty quick. Like, we had a short engagement. Like, ours, our engagement was only six months. It was a quick turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's short for most people. Most people plan maybe ten months to a year, yeah. sometimes more. I can't imagine that. Well, I just, I feel like we just wanted to get it out of the way. Because it's like, how long can you... Did you make that sound so terrible? Well, like, how long can you be engaged where people are like, oh, when's the date? When's it happening? Like, how yeah. many times? You know I would have lost my crap if I would have heard that question over the oh, course yeah. of, like, a year. I would have been like, can we just do it already so I can just be like, yeah, we're married. Quit asking me about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I was just, I was just ready. I was just so excited i just didn't want to have a long engagement there's there's no need you just want to be married to me babe yeah i don't know why i thought that i know i don't don't know either (laughs) what was i thinking (laughs) i know all the guys no there really wasn't any you were the only one (laughs) (laughs) you said i was the one that was brave enough Sure. Yeah, that's what I would like to think. Mom always said boys are just intimidated by you. That's what my mom used to say. Boys are intimidated by you? Yeah, boys are intimidated <laughs> by you. I, yeah, totally. I'm like, what does that even mean? They're intimidated by me. It means that we're just that impressive. We're so that awesome. We're that awesome that people are just intimidated by us. They're just in awe. They're like, oh, I couldn't ever be talk to them no i think that's just a very <laughs> that's like, just a very nice mom thing to yeah say. it's a thing it's a mom thing to say to make their child feel better but that yeah, they're alone that, that they're alone <laughs> <laughs> friends. well i'm glad we're alone together this is great yeah that's that's what we signed up for this is what we do in the meantime to be alone together <laughs> yeah that's why we do this podcast yeah that's why to we share do. our loneliness with everybody yeah <laughs> we're actually very happy people yeah <laughs> don't, don't, be, don't let us fool you don't let us fool you yeah this, no which I don't know. This is probably a bad segue. What, what? I was gonna, just going to say, speaking of, like, lonely people. Oh, that's true. <laughs> the, the main character of this Which, film. Something I didn't realize about her. Yes. Very lonely. Mm-hmm. So, we are talking about Roman Holiday, babe. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea this movie existed until... No, I'm, I don't know much about uh, yeah. Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, I love the classics. That's my jam. That's, yeah. That is my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. So I've been, I think, educating you on all the classics, and then you've been educating mm-hmm. me on, like, the pop culture movies. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, uh, because we weren't sure what we were going to do for the next episode, and you wanted to watch that, which we're going to kind of touch upon here as well, yeah. that Audrey, it's called Audrey, but it's a new documentary on Netflix about Audrey Hepburn's life from... Mm-hmm. Her childhood all the way to her death. Yes. And, you know, obviously there's the middle section of it where it talks about all the movies she did. And Roman Holiday was the first leading role she had. And she won an Oscar and all this. It was kind of like that was her... uh, That was her introduction. That was her big break. Yeah, that was her her being introduced to the Hollywood world. Mm -hmm. This main uh, leading role along with, um, you know... Gregory Peck. The great Gregory Peck. The great Gregory. Which, to be clear, this actually wasn't her first movie she was in, but this was her first leading role. Before then, she had been, like, bit parts. Yeah, like, side parts. She she had always fascinated me. I think I got the Audrey bug, I think, like, most people after seeing her in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. That was probably the first film I saw of her, and... That touches upon in this documentary that we watch is she just kind of she had this like 
charm. Charm. Yeah, she was very charming. She she just seemed she was just like a lovely in person. She was like her own thing cuz it was like a she had like this mixture of like charm plus adorableness. Very plus smart. Talent. Yeah, intelligence. I mean, she, but it was like like a lot of people can have those attributions but they can come off dull like she just mm-hmm. i don't know it was like she just shined yeah she and and in the mo- time that she kind of be- was at this up and coming star you know she was very different than who hollywood bleeding ladies were at the time you know she wasn't the big blonde bombshell like um marilyn monroe you know she's quite the opposite of marilyn and, you know, or Elizabeth Taylor or, you know, all the women yeah. who it was all sex appeal. Yeah. Because uh, right. like, coming from a guy's point of view, like you think about those women, like they were very curvy, voluptuous mm-hmm. type women. And that was obviously like the thing Hollywood, I think, was going for, like get the sexiest women, sex sell, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe had posed for Playboy. And then here's Audrey Hepburn, thin as a rail, mm-hmm. yes. but cute as a button. And she just, everything I said, she just had that thing about her. Yeah, she had these big brown doe eyes that just drew you in. She was, like, yeah, she was slender. She was a ballerina. Like, that's what she wanted to be. That was her dream was to be a ballerina. So she had the slim dancer's body. Mm -hmm. She had, you know, proper poise and, you know, just the way she held herself and her structure and everything. I think they there was an elegance and a matureness to her at a very young age. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of ha- allowed her to be recognized. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think this, for this subject with Roman Holiday, it just, she just, uh, she just shined mm-hmm. in this, in this movie. I think she had a mix of quirky, humor mm-hmm. like she she kind of flourished her little comedic chops a little bit but then she also had a depth and a dramaticism to her acting and with her like serious moments or if she's you know she really portrayed the sorrow i think well in her face when she was acting in these sadder scenes mm-hmm. and i think she pulled a lot of that from her own life because her life was actually very tragic yeah well i was gonna say do you want to talk about the movie first and then talk about her life yeah it, yeah. it might mix in a little it, bit yeah it probably will but yeah we could the main so yeah if we want to bring it back to rowan holiday for those who haven't seen it's about audrey hepburn who plays princess anne she is uh, a she is a princess of something yeah i'll just say she's that. a princess of somewhere because they don't yeah they don't actually make it clear where she's from they just say princess anne of blah, blah, blah. well at one point they actually it was who, a radio right it, it was the gregory peck's boss even says like oh the princess of a country that oh yeah no that yeah it's a radio it says like the princess of a country that we shall not name or well, that was the, yeah, the, the boss did say, like, of the country, which shall not be named because it was supposed to be, like, secretive. It's a secret country. And then, like, there was a radio station where it's it was, yeah, <laughs> it was blur, it was um announcing, like, she was, was it missing or just sick or something? She was sick, yeah, they said yeah, she's, she like, said that she was sick. She's and terribly sick. The peop- very her Ill. people, like, her people of her country is very concerned. So, yeah. they are, it wasn't, yeah, they never said what country she's from, just that she's a princess. Yeah, that's just the general idea. You get the idea, like, she's a princess. Probably a European princess. Yeah, and she, the, the plot is, like, she's a princess, and she's kind of, She's stuck in, like, the structure of, like, that life she has to live. Like, yeah. she's constantly having to go do, like, meet with people. Yeah, a lot of a lot of press releases, yeah. so to speak. Like, she's, you know... she. So, they're on this world tour. Mm-hmm. So, she's go, she's been traveling, and then she's in Rome right now. And she, she just can't take it anymore. She cracks. She can't take the schedule and yeah. the strict... Uh, lifestyle she's in and what she's expected to do like she just wants to be free and do the things she wants to do right because the lady who's like listing off the schedule as she's saying like okay we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and someone's gonna offer you this which and she goes which i'll accept and she said which you won't accept and so she's trying to she's like repeating back like what she should say what she's gonna do and then she just cracks yeah thank you no thank you charmed how you know like she just like 
it's the same routine, the same same thing every day, and she just flips. She's Mm -hmm. like, I can't take this. It's like, stop talking. Oh, it's more of like, she's like, I can't stop it, stop it. Yeah. Which is like, to me, it's like that classic... Which again, Audrey Hepburn, she's amazing. Yeah. But like that classic it's a little over. Hollywood acting, yeah, where it's yeah. like so over dramatic, yeah. so overdone. But again, I think it was like that was the appeal of most films back then because mm-hmm. it's very minimal of like everything you could capture on screen. Yeah. So the actors kinda had to have a big performance. There wasn't yeah. as big of a line, I'd say, between doing like film acting, which is more subtle than compared to like theater acting, which she was a theater She actress. was in theater, yeah. So anyone who works in theater knows that, like, when you're acting in theater, you kind of have to overdo the emotions because mm-hmm. you have to convey these emotions to hundreds to potentially a thousand people at once. Yeah. Where a movie is, like, you can pick up on all the subtleties because you can have close-ups and everything. You can't do that in theater. Yeah. And this movie didn't have a big Hollywood budget. Like, it... No. It was filmed in black and white as opposed to Technicolor, which it could have, but they didn't have the funds to do that. Right, because they, the director wanted them to film, he wanted to film in Italy. Yeah, like, that he's was, like, it has to be shot on location. Yeah, that was important to him. He's like, he wanted it fully filmed on location. He didn't want to film in Hollywood, it had to be in Rome. So go ahead. Yeah, well, because of that. Um, they cut the budget, which yeah. then that is why it was actually in black and white. Yes. It could have been in Technicolor if they had filmed it, say, in Hollywood. Yeah. But he didn't want that. Yeah. But I think that's okay because it kind of, again, I think black and white, I don't have a problem with watching black and white movies. No, I don't either. I know some people, I think most people nowadays, they just can't get behind it. Again, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you're wrong. But give it a chance. <laughs> but wrong. yeah, and also with that, it was the same kind of deal. It's like, okay, if you want it in location, then it can't be in black and white and you have to find some unknown actress. It can't be some big big time actress right. because we can't afford her mm-hmm. pretty much. So they could How much did they pay her? I don't know. I don't know that off the top of my head. Okay, but they probably didn't have to pay her as much as they have to pay a yeah, like Marilyn say Monroe or, or Catherine Hepburn or Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but so yeah, that's kind of where then they went to search for an unknown actress and how Audrey was able to get the role. Right. Is because of that, which mm-hmm. then good lucky break for her. Yeah, lucky break. So then, yeah. So she, she's had enough. She wants to get out. She wants to just enjoy a day mm-hmm. in her life and so well because she had her meltdown they you know they call in the doctor like and the doctor's like i'll give you something to make you happy I'll give you some drugs <laughs> literally takes out a needle yeah. of i don't know what He's some just sleeping like, drug oh it's a new narcotic it's uh it's fine yeah and it's just, totally fine then everyone's like okay cool like everyone in the room's like yeah shoot her up relax calm her down we can't handle it so it just sticks the needle in her. Yeah. And- Which it doesn't, like, start right away. It doesn't get her right away. It's not like an instant sleep. It kind of is a buildup. But it gives her enough time to where she's like, you know what? I'm sneaking out. Yeah. So then she sneaks out of the embassy where she's staying and just jumps into this, like, delivery truck. Yeah, it was because what was in the bag was truck. I it saw, was like, like, milk carton. Yeah, and like bottles and, like, maybe a just bag random things. Of- potatoes i don't know yeah it was just a bunch of random stuff yeah so she hides in there and it just escapes and then she just is seen rome as like anybody else would not these grand you know balls or press conferences or you know speeches Mm -hmm. and just having to say like oh i love rome it's great but not really getting to experience it yeah and she's not oh she's not wearing anything flashy like no just just normal clothes but like pick her out like she just well i don't know she's audrey hepburn she stands out but you know she she um yeah she's not like trying to attract attention she's just going out to Mm -hmm. see what see See what she can get into yeah Yeah. which i don't think she meant to be out for that long no she only she even said like she's only meant to be out maybe an hour or two and then she are we still recording by the way i just want to make sure I get nervous recording on this phone still. Okay. <laughs> I'm like so afraid it's going to kick off at any point and then we're going to have to start all over again. Um, yeah. Okay, we're good. But yeah, she just she just wants to go out there, experience it for herself, and just kind of get a feel for it. Yeah. Which I feel like going to Rome back then would be a lot nicer than going to Rome now. I just feel like going to Rome nowadays is crazy hectic. Probably. Maybe not right Maybe now. Maybe not right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. Before. Before. Yeah, 
So then that's kind of how she runs into Gregory Peck. Which what's his name again? Joe Bradley. So, so I like I love these like old movies. Like they're such like American names. Yeah. Joe Bradley. Yeah. Good old American news reporter man telling you the news that you want to hear of America, but he's in Rome, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, she uh, again. She took the sleeping drug. Yeah. Or well, they well, injected her. They gave her, with her it. the sleeping drug. They forcefully inject her with a sleeping drug. She didn't find it though. She just goes, "What's that?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, "It's just to help you sleep. It's, it's fine. It's fine." She's like, "Okay." Yeah, and she, of course, she falls asleep on a bench somewhere, and he finds her after losing at cards. Yeah, like he was with the yeah he was with the boys gambling leaves. And because he's supposed to interview her the next day. He's but like, yeah, he's legitimately yeah. supposed to interview the princess. Yeah, he's supposed to interview the princess the next day. So then he goes to walk home pretty much. And then he comes her, across her sleeping on a bench in public. And mm-hmm. he sees her. He's like, why is this young girl asleep on the bench? Yeah. And, you know, she's kind of mumbling to herself. And then they, he realized, yeah, I can't really leave her here. So they have, you know, funny moments of her it's, you know, it's all, I could compare it to, like, a drunk scene, because, you know, she's... It's pretty much what it is, yeah. yeah. Trying to help your drunk friend home. Yeah. And he's trying to banter with the taxi driver of, like, you know, take her wherever. But he, like, take, he tries to, he gets her in the cab, takes her back to his place, and then he's telling the cabbie, like, take her when she wakes up. And he's just like, no, no, I don't want to deal with her. Yeah. But he's like, and Gregory Peck's like, well, I don't want to deal with her. But at this point, he doesn't know that she's the princess. He no. just assumes it's just some girl he's trying to help yeah, out. Yeah, he's never seen the princess, I don't think. I don't think he knows what she looks no. like. Because we don't have social media back then, so yeah. it's not like you can just pull up Princess Anne, Anne Anya. Yeah. Well, that's what he's like, what do I call you? And he's like, oh, you can call me Anya. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of thought was funny because Anastasia. Her, I was thinking the same like, thing. they called her Anya. Yeah. I'm sure that hadn't really had a relations, but I'm just like, oh, they're both princesses. No. Well, at this point, I think Anastasia was, well, there was, there was still the rumor that she was alive, but I think. In the it, 50s? I th- well, I think I think that was always like a thing that the Romanov, this is off subject, but the Romanov family in Russia, they were, they were yeah. all executed. Yeah, they were. Anastasia didn't get away, but it was always like a rumor that she did get away. And that's kind of what that yeah. story's based from. But anyway, Anya... Audrey Hepburn's character, mm-hmm. um, yeah, gets back to her place, gets back to his place. And- yeah, he just takes her to his place because he's like, well, I can't leave her there. I don't know where she lives. Mm-hmm. Well, he'd ask her and she's like, the Coliseum. Right. And he's like, well, that's Yeah, the Coliseum. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. I, I love the, the relationship between them because I yeah. thought like the movie just, I thought like the two actors just, they worked really well off of each other, you know? They did. Yeah, because he was like, because we even looked up like he was he wanted to do a comedy film at this point yeah i think he he had done a lot of dr- dramas and serious roles that he wanted something different he had a, he has a good uh comedic chops he does i thought something that was i just thought of this something that was interesting it seemed like they almost like set up this thing where he's very frivolous with money because at the yeah. beginning, he's playing cards, and he throws all his stuff in, and then he loses, so he only has this amount of money left. And then throughout the movie, when he's hanging out with her, he's always, like, constantly have to, like, borrow a buck here, do this here. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting how they set that up with him, whereas, like, she's a princess. She doesn't need to worry about that kind of stuff. That money, yeah. Where it's, like, he doesn't really have much, but he's... You know, he, he, of course, he's like, he's fine with just kind of giving it away. And he's always having to borrow and yeah. all this. So she's kind of showing the differences between the two that way. Yeah. Well, I think he had to, like, entertain her mm-hmm. to keep her around. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's like, well, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Well, yeah, because they go to breakfast and she's like, champagne. And he's like, okay, champagne. He's like, okay. He's and like, he ordered a cold coffee. I think it's funny because I think we would call it iced coffee. Yeah. But he just says cold coffee. Right. But it didn't seem to be on ice, and I'm assuming it wasn't cold brew. I don't think they would have had no. that fancy schmancy maybe, stuff back maybe, then. Maybe, I don't know, in the 50s, they had ice boxes, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they had ice boxes. <laughs> so you maybe, you know, you stick the glass in the ice box, and you take it out, and you pour the coffee in there. Or... I'm sorry, but 
your mammal and my pap call it the icebox. Well, that no, that's why I called it icebox. Yeah. So I think at the time, that's what they would call it. That's hilarious. Not like the freezer, because yeah. they wouldn't have a freezer. For anyone who listens to this is over the age of 80, yeah, that's what we mean. The f- Modern days, we call that a freezer, but I know y'all still call it an icebox. <laughs> it's cute, like, though. Because I'm sure people over 80 are listening to this. You never know. You never know. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I really enjoyed them together. Yeah. Yeah, through, long story short, throughout the film, it's he ends up figuring out that she is the princess. Mm-hmm. Through like a, because he's supposed to interview her and she's sleeping at his place and he sleeps in and his boss is like, oh, you interviewed the princess. How'd it go? And, and there's like, like oh, this, yep, yep, I did. There's a great funny little scene where um, he's like, oh, what was she wearing? And, you know, trying to coax coax him into like what, oh was she wearing the gray thing with the gold and Gregor Peck's like oh yeah yeah that's what she was wearing mm-hmm. what does she feel about this and this subject on the world He's very she said general. It, was, it was fine yeah, yeah. it's fine she oh, thinks fine. it's all fine oh okay fine and well it turns out that like you know in the newspaper it says the princess is sick but really she was missing yeah and he has her at her place well then he decides like oh because his boss tells him an interview with the princess that'd be worth a lot of money like a, like a one-on-one exclusive. Yeah. So he realizes like, oh, I can make a lot of money. So he kind of tricks her into thinking like he's taking her around and showing her Rome for the day. Mm-hmm. When really he's like kind of picking up on the things she does. And he has his friend with him who we'll get into like takes pictures of her and all yeah. this. And he's, he's going to like make, he's going to write this story about the princess being in Rome for a day. Yeah. yeah, unsupervised, just doing what what would she do, yeah. mm-hmm. and then just probably publishing it. And I always assume, like, probably breaking her heart. Yeah, I mean, because she has no idea that what he's doing, mm-hmm. and doesn't realize that he knows who she is, and that he's pretty much, you know, using her in a he way. Is, yeah, yeah, because he's using her to make five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which into in. Today's world would be a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Like, in 2015, that amount, $5,000, would have been $44,000. So. So, in his mind, this buco monies. Yeah, that's a lot of money for him. So, yeah. A lot of money he could throw away on cards and stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, it's pretty much this this grand adventure of of him showing her around and doing the things she wants to do and her just you know, living life and enjoying Rome. And then him, like, getting to know her. Yeah. And then over the course of it, you can tell they're falling. Falling for each other. Falling for each other. So then, As you would. As you would in Rome, right around on a Vespa. Well, in all, in all Hollywood movies back in the day. I'm like, I mean, like, you could call it from the beginning. Like, okay, let me guess. They're going to fall in love. Yes. But they're not going to be able to be together because she's a princess. Yeah. But they don't really go into that because... Because you know, yeah. Well, because he knows that she's the princess. Yeah. But she never tells him that. No, but it's always he never understanding. Yeah, and yeah. he never says, like, I know you're the princess. Yeah. Like, he never says that. He just lets it go. Yeah. But she never knows who what he, he really is. She doesn't know that he's a reporter. She not thinks. until the end. Not until the end, yeah. But he, I, what does he say he is? He's a salesman. He sells chemicals. Yeah. Just a general <laughs> thing. I sell chemicals. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I just like I say like a lot of stuff I liked about it. Like I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of just Audrey Hepburn just being Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Just like her experiencing new things. Yeah, exactly, cuz I'm like a, a a girl like her like the way I, her her personality, I'm like that's like the best place to put her in is when mm-hmm. she's just out there just exploring new things and she just and it was a very surprising I thought of like cuz I think I have a theory that Audrey Hepburn's like the prototype for like the, which I think is kind of blown out nowadays. Like the, oh, they have like a term for it in like movies nowadays, but it's like the something pixie girl or something, the dream pixie girl oh, or something. You know what I'm talking about? That sounds familiar. It's 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 like um, it's like the character from that movie where uh, oh, S- summer. What was it? Summer or something? I know summer. Oh. oh, the hundred days of summer, hundred one oh. days of summer. Is that the name? Of it? <laughs> no. What's the name of that movie? I know. Yeah, I know. You with Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. But like a character like that, where she's very like flighty and stuff, and she just kind of wants to do her own thing, which is 
I almost is like what I expected, but I like that she kind of had more of like her head on her shoulders. Like she knew like, oh, I just can't Manic go. Pixic, Pixie Dream Girl. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I might be wrong, but I just have a feeling like Audrey Hepburn's look, I feel like is almost what inspired that. But then I think it's probably blown out into something ridiculous now. Yeah. I don't... See, I don't know if she's really a manic pixie dream girl. That's the thing. She's not. Yeah. She kind of looks like one because she is very, like, adorable and cute. But I don't... But she has so much more depth to her. Yeah. She's... Yeah. She's much more mature than that. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if some independent filmmaker was like, what else started with Audrey Hepburn? (laughs) Or something. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, just, like, watching her, like, like she just goes and buys gelato, or then she mm-hmm. goes and gets her hair cut. Which, was that a wig? Was that a wig that she was wearing? I, I always thought her long hair in the film, like, at the beginning, before she gets the haircut, was a wig. Mm-hmm. And then her short hair was her real hair. Okay. I don't know. I, I looked very convincing. I know. But I think because it was in black and white, so it can hide a lot of stuff. True. So I don't know, but I almost I really thought like, I wouldn't be surprised if Audrey Hepburn actually got her haircut for the movie. It's possible because like, I think be from the footage of her accepting the award, I think her hair is that short. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like, oh, I think that's her real hair. Right, right, yeah, but yeah, just her just going around enjoying life. Yeah, because and- she's just naive about the world. Mm-hmm. She hasn't. She's not in it. She's just you know. Yeah. Coasting along as this figure, mm-hmm. you know. Which I always thought, like, what could that do to a person, you know? Probably that, you yeah. know. Just you, one day you're just like, because, like, who knows you, you know? Like, no one knows the real you. You can't be what you want to be. You have to put on this air or this way about you and, you know, be this symbol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do what you're expected to do. Right. Which is almost like kind of parallels like audrey hepburn i'd say in reality because every obviously like she was an icon yeah but a lot of people didn't really know who she was who she was a lot of the hurt that she probably it probably sound like my voice crack because i'm crying but i just had something in my throat (laughs) the hurt she went through (laughs) but yeah just like because okay talk about the documentary yeah so i think it you could really compare princess and to who audrey hepburn's life and who she was because she Makes did perfect for the role. she did lead a very tragic life like she was born and uh you know in europe during the time where you know hitler was at large and the nazis were taking over and you know she was in I think it was London at the time, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. She would put notes in her shoes to, to, um, you know, take between, what was it, babe? It was like passing these notes to the... um, Was it to like the uprising people? I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I don't think she would have been living in London at that point because London didn't get uh, Nazi occupied. Okay, maybe it was it... um... No, it was wherever she moved after that. Yeah. But it was, like, this whole thing of, like, her father abandoned them to join yeah. the Nazi regime. Yeah. And I think her mom was, her like, mom... into it as well. Like, she wrote articles about it in news. Like, you can look up, like, yeah. articles written by her mother, like, praising the Nazis and all yeah. this stuff, which I like, find bizarre. Yeah. yeah, her father left the family, walked out of the family when she was young. Her mother wasn't loving. Like, she was very critical Mm-hmm. Didn't really have much nice things to say, so she never felt loved. She never. Yes, that's she, kind of the bottom line. That's is. bottom line. She never felt loved. She never got the love from the people in her life mm-hmm. that she needed it the most. So in a time in her life when she need when you're a child, yeah, yeah. Which if you don't if you don't have like those core things when you're a kid, like being loved and being cared for, that can screw you up oh, forever. Yeah, and you'll have issues with that the rest of your life. Of course, and so for her growing up, you know. I think she she turned to entertainment, she turned to dance, to ballet, to kind of just bring hope and something good out of the situation that she was in. She mm-hmm. like the when they were like hiding in bunk bunkers and stuff, like she would put on shows yeah. just to 
but you know, every, every no one could clap after her performances because you had to be quiet. Because otherwise, the Nazis will find you. Mm-hmm. So it was a very traumatic thing, and she could remember, you know, V Day and when everybody was liberated yeah. and everything. And that, I always I thought that was so eerie when they said that that no one could clap. Yeah. You know, it almost made me think like, man, like it was a great documentary, but I think, man, this would be like a great movie to show like a young Audrey Hepburn. Mm-hmm doing like a big performance or something for people and, and then just silence. then there's just silence and then it's just like whoa like why aren't they clapping and then kind of explain it mm-hmm. but i was like man that's so eerie it's so yeah. so accurate to like the time of how you had to like hide and yeah you know i don't think any of us can fully understand that time no you know, i don't think like so anybody either. who was going through that time no um like we're like humanity right now we're having a hard time dealing with the pandemic and i mm-hmm. can't imagine what it would be like if something like that were to happen now yeah you know where it's like like it's like yeah our way of life right now has been taken away because like you know we can't really be as social as we used to be it's like yeah and back then they couldn't do anything nothing they everything that they loved was taken away because they were told that it was wrong exactly and so when she was all she wanted to do was be a ballerina so she was able to start getting herself out there and getting into performances but she ultimately couldn't fulfill that like professional ballerina dream no why was that i if i remember correctly it was like she uh, it was either like she wasn't um Mm -hmm. tall enough or or like she had an injury something like something like that like she didn't she just wasn't quite enough right because I think to be a ballerina, there's, like, all these particulars, and oh, I guess she didn't have all that. Yeah. Which is crushing, because I feel like when people want to be ballerinas, they really want it, and then yeah, if you, you can't... you have to really want it, because yeah. like, it's grueling. It's a grueling, which I never would have... You never would think, because ballerinas are so dainty, but really, it's like, They're, no, it yeah. it sucks it's <laughs> being a ballerina. Uh, the training. I don't know why anyone wants to do that. Yeah. It's my dream. I'm like, is your dream to be, like, in pain the rest of your life? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. So, but then she was able to be uh, in movies and theater, and then eventually got recognized to be the role in Roman Holiday, which then led her to star in other films then. Which probably a lot of people know about. Yeah. I I actually, I've seen Breakfast at Tiffany's, but I think, I was just going to say, I think probably what led me to not wanting to do more i don't know i just i just didn't watch any more audrey hepburn films after i saw it it might have been her character because her her character in that movie is kind of annoying to me it's very opposite of who she is yeah and i was just like ugh, i can't do that but yeah after seeing her in this i'm like yeah she definitely has range she can kind of she can do anything yeah and then yeah because then she did sabrina war and peace funny face i've seen any of these uh, yeah, they, she continued on to do a lot of things, and then and then she gave it all up because my fair lady had, yeah, she wanted to. Uh, raise she wanted her child. wanted she wanted to raise her kids. Yeah, yeah, so she which I think is noble. Yeah, and then yeah, the documentary shows kind of like you know, she I think she was always searching for that love that she never got from her family, specifically mm-hmm. her dad. Yeah, so I think it was kind of one of those sad stories where she you know she tried to find it in her partners right and husband and didn't get it yeah yeah because so there had, was always issues with that like, yeah her first husband was very controlling and that kind of they butted heads a lot i think because they worked together they he worked together yeah i think they both i think they were both very i think they connected on that level of working and like understanding each other's work mm-hmm. in that way uh, and that, you know, had her first son out of that marriage. But then, yeah, ultimately it didn't work out. And then she got a second marriage to a an Italian man, lived in Rome for a long time. in Rome of all places. Of all places, yeah. Which is, oh, that's so, I that it, like, horribly ironic that it's like she does this movie that makes her career where she... They filmed it all in Rome, and then when she goes back to Rome and marries this doctor guy, mm-hmm. her experience is horrible because this guy cheats on her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how, do you, how could you cheat on Audrey Hepburn? Yeah, in the documentary, I think they literally said 
that he had been photographed with at least 200 women. Jeez. Like, that is just disgusting. But he was a doctor. He was. And I think, like, he had a um, a high part in society over there. So I think it was like he had a lot of women probably coming up to him. Mm-hmm. And obviously being a frivolous Italian man back in those days, he just couldn't help himself. Yeah. Um, which is just, like, the culture over there of, like, guys back in the day. So, yeah, I just find that that's just so sad that it's, like, yeah. comparing this to the movie that made her career. And then when she goes back to Rome, it's, like, a horrible experience. Because then people would, you, you know, she didn't want to go outside because the paparazzi would ask about it. And to the point where, like, she had her friends. Like, she would go into a store. Yeah. And someone at the store would be like, is that Audrey Hepburn? And her friend had like, to be like, no, no. Yeah, she, she would literally be like, no, no, it's not Audrey Hepburn. She just looks like Audrey yeah, Hepburn. Yeah, she just looks like her. And then the people would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm mistaken. Yeah. Even though a lot of people probably don't look like Audrey Hepburn. No, because she just had a distinct look. But, yeah. So then, yeah, I think going back to her character with Anne, I think she could resonate with Anne because I think she, I think she just wanted to be herself and she wanted to be, mm-hmm. be free, but she was held, she started to be held by society's view mm-hmm. of her, Hollywood's and put, you know, and... I think and it was and her before that. yeah, and just wanting that love mm-hmm. that she could never find. But which is sad because I think she was very beloved as an actress, and like her fans adored her. Yeah, but she just wanted that. She had terrible self esteem issues, and she just wanted that love from her, from her family. Yeah, I think it was hard to get. And then sad to think, you know, that she went through two divorces, you know. And then finally cancer got her in the end. And I know. But I, she did so much work, like especially with her UNICEF work. UNICEF was like her big thing at the, at end, the end of yes. her life. She just she wanted to save and help the, the children around the world. Which they show a lot of footage of her being with like the children of like these villages and everywhere mm-hmm. in the world, Africa, wherever. And it, I mean just Yeah, she I think the it's just, skinniest children oh, like just so bones devastating oh, it's just hard it's really it's honestly hard to look at i know because you're just like man i can't believe we let that stuff happen i know and that's what she was so upset about she's like how are there hungry children in, the, in this day and age you can tell yeah because she, her, a she, lot of children had, were hungry when she was younger because yeah. of well she thought the, you know this shouldn't be happening the war is over yeah she's like this shouldn't be happening anymore like why I, is this still why happening? is this still going on i've seen what this can be like but this should be different which is crazy for me to put my my mindset to because i think my whole life i've always known that i've always known that like yeah there's children around the entire world that aren't as fortunate as i was or you you were like growing up Mm -hmm. and to think like she in her adult life was just now discovering that of having to go through that when she was a child and like what that crushing weight on her was and probably thinking like you know why am i so privileged like why is it like you know i've had a great life and yet these children just suffer like they're literally just born and they suffer you can tell that on her face like the footage they show in between of her like smiling at people and trying to be happy like with Mm -hmm. like the parents and stuff and being like oh is it how are you is it okay and then you can tell like when she looks away just the the crushing sadness on her face so you can tell i'm sure in the beginning she just had to hold back tears sure she had a she had a big heart and i think it was just a a testament to her character with how much hurt she went through she could have easily been bitter and poisoned by that and you know just completely the opposite of who she ended up being yeah so i think i just i admire her i admire her for who she was as well as her works i thought she i just thought she was a very talented actress and she i think she had more talent and range than people gave her credit for definitely because she was in a lot of later movies which obviously i haven't seen Mm -hmm. i don't know what the last movie she was in i think i have a feeling it was some steven spielberg movie with um the very last movie she did was always yeah it was always that's it in 1989. Yeah. She acted beside um, Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah, Richard Dreyfuss, Ugh. Holly Hunter. I love Richard Dreyfuss. John Goodman. Yeah, they were all in it. Oh, John Goodman's in it. Yeah. Wow, very nice. That was the last movie she did. Um, 
Richard Dreyfus is probably one of my favorite, like, just, he's, like, in, like, some of the greatest movies ever made, <laughs> and he just, like, has this thing about him, you know? Mm-hmm. I, that's off subject, but, yeah. I, um, what was the other one he did? Well, he's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, mm-hmm. and he's in Jaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Audrey Hepburn would just, she really just lived, a, I would say, a full life. I really liked, uh, they talked about the end of her life. She had, like, a companion guy. Yeah. Who was that guy's name? Um, was it Richard? Maybe. Or Robert? But you pointed out that, like, out of the three men she was primarily with her life, like, he was the most handsome. I thought so, personally. <laughs> I'm like, like... the other two guys look like goobers. I know. I was like, compared to all of them, I, I thought he looked the best. Mm-hmm. And he, he looked like, what did I say? He looked like the guy from the Dos Equis commercials. Yeah, like the young, like him young. Yeah. Younger. I was like, okay, Audrey. I like that young, but younger. Still, still brown. Mm-hmm. Not white. Right. Yeah. He, um, yeah, I thought that was cool how they called him companions. And I was like, oh, he was her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's my boyfriend. Well, I think at the time, you know, when they did finally meet together, like, she had gone through two divorces. There was really no point in getting married. And so did he. He had yeah, been through a divorce. Yeah, he had been through and, something as well. And apparently yeah. they, like, had a lot of heart-to-hearts about being crushed and all yeah, that. Yeah, I think they connected on their, both of their struggles and tragic, mm-hmm. tragic um, times they went through together. So I think it's like they were very great companions to each other and... I mean, obviously it makes sense that they probably never got married because it's like, yeah, why do we want to do that? At that age, it's like, it's probably just a formality at that point for them. Yeah, but then they probably thought like, well, what if it doesn't work out? And then we have to go through that mess again and yeah. already getting hurt by previous experiences. They're probably like, it's okay. It's okay, yeah. We don't need to. We, we know. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. But um, I wanted to talk more about the movie. Yes. Uh, just... Just, just all the stuff I enjoyed. I like the, uh, I like the barber scene. I like when she goes in and gets her hair cut, mm-hmm. and she's just like shorter. Yeah, shorter. shorter. Yeah, he takes her hair, and he's like, oh, just like that much, like a and, trim. Yeah, and he, she's just like a little more, and he like brings like, up a couple inches. Yeah, and like a little more, a little more, and he's just like, how much? Yeah, and he didn't she say like all of it or something or uh she got a bu- yeah or she, she goes like this she like grabs her hair or something i can't remember yeah she got like she put it kind of like up by her her yeah her ears like her neck and she's like all right chop it off <laughs> he she's seemed like, like okay. upset about it yeah because i think he was like this is nice hair why are you trying to chop it all up right and, and he's an italian man yeah so he's, so he's gonna be opinionated right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he like when he's cutting her hair he takes in like four big clumps and he goes off off yeah like he's like very upset that he's like oh i can't believe you're making me do this i know but then it ends up being really cute he makes it really nice and like he can like when he sees it he's just like oh i can make this look really nice and yeah yeah and then he's trying to like only audrey ever could pull off that bob look no yeah no she's like the original bob Mm -hmm. the original bob (laughs) she's the original bob style hair well i'm sure other people had that i'm sure yeah. It looks the best on her back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was fun, the scene uh, that when they go dancing and these Secret Service men come to claim her back and a whole fight breaks loose. And then next thing you know, she's smashing some guy's head over with the guitar. Yeah, and they ca- they get it on. Well, because in the movie... Um, Joe Bradley, American Joe Bradley, his buddy, who's like kind of a, he's a photographer. He's a photographer, yeah. And he hangs out with them during the day to get pictures of her. Irving. Irving, yeah. And then um, when they're getting to a fight with the Secret Service man, she hits a guy over the head with a guitar. And, and he missed it. He missed the shot. And he's just like, oh, do that again. Yeah. Hit him again. Hit him again. And he takes the shot. Yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like that stuff. I liked... Uh, I like the scene where they go to the, what was the thing? The statue with the mouth? Oh, it was like the, uh, it was like the statue of truth or something like that. Something similar to that. I think that's not right, but like mm-hmm. the, the mouth of truth or something yeah. like that. It's like this face in this wall and Joe, uh, Gregory Peck's character tells this story of like, if, if you're put your hand in the mouth and you're telling lies, or something or if you're mm-hmm. not a truthful 
person, then your hand it gets, chops your hand off. Your hand gets bit off. So she tries to do it, and she yeah. gets like freaked out. Like she puts it in a little bit, then she's like, she's like, oh okay. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> you and do he, it. He does it, and he makes it hold this this whole thing, and he's like screaming. He's like, ah. ah. Yeah, he tricks her. He plays a prank on her that he acts like his hand got cut off, and he yeah. goes, and then she's like, oh my gosh. Which is like again in like that old style Hollywood acting. It's like very over dramatic. So it's almost like you feel like it's like this life or yeah, death situation. Yeah. And she's like, "How could you do that?" Yeah, no, and she's like hitting him. It's very flirtatious. Yeah, it's very cute. flirtatious. Because mm-hmm. yeah. girls would do that. Yeah, like you know the guy tries to scare and you're like, "Oh my god, how could you?" And yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. It is. I, despite their age gap, like, cause he was like what. 37 and she was like 24 at the time or maybe even young a little bit younger probably when they filmed it yeah um but yeah because of her maturity and how she was it wasn't that bad like i i didn't feel like robin the cradle situation okay yeah again black and white you can kind of hide a lot of the age stuff yeah well you were like gregory peck oh he's 37 i'm like wow he actually looks 44 yeah (laughs) because i feel like every hollywood actor back in the day they all look old like, they all, like, 40 to 50 yeah. percent. I mean, it's like a look. They it's, all just look that's mature. That's just how they looked. Well, they wore suits and... Like, Except James Dean. James Dean always looked, like, 20. He had... Yeah. Which, he, I mean, he died young anyways. He did. But he never looked old. Like, he looked his age, like, appropriately his age. True. Um, Oh, I was going to spit out some fun facts. So, I, I read that apparently Gregory Peck was coming off a divorce... Yeah, he was. And so when he went and did this movie, he yeah. actually met uh, like some lady, a French girl a over French there. French lady, mm-hmm. and, Vivian, I think. Mm-hmm. And they got married, and he was with her the rest of his life. I know. Isn't that sweet? That's crazy. I think that's kind of cool too. How it's, it seemed like a very important movie for him to do. You know, yeah. it's the first time Audrey Hepburn, her big starring role, and yeah. he meets the love of his life, and. I I was kind of thinking too of like I bet that felt nice to like if he's coming off a bad divorce and to yeah, be acting he, beside Audrey Hepburn who's a new yeah it's probably just very, a delight to be around yeah which he he had this nice quote about her seeing her was like watching a flower bloom Aww. during her coming out of during this new experience for her being this first major film for her as leading actress and mm-hmm. just you know having her get the oscar and everything he knew which they apparently like the executives knew that she was gonna win so they put her as like top billing yeah to well, kind of gregory peck was movie. even like if she's gonna win this guy you gotta put her name in at the top like, yeah her name first v- very noble of him yeah yeah especially for yeah for as a male actor to let the female mm-hmm. go have the top i think like that's the thing about Audrey Hepburn. They even in that documentary, they make it a point to say like she wasn't your typical act Hollywood actress. No, like, like she wasn't a diva. And uh, yeah, and after this movie, she kind of had a lot of say over her roles, mm-hmm. what she did, how she portrayed the role, yeah. what scenes were to be in and get cut, what she was wearing. Mm-hmm. Like she had a big control over that stuff, which is just unheard of back then. Yeah, but because I think people respected her. I think when she spoke, she did. Or she educated herself on the character. She wanted to do a good job. And I yeah. think they recognized that. And I think that's allowed her to do what she wanted. Because I think they respected her and trusted her to know. Yeah. So they're like, okay. Like, she, she's, yeah. Like, she she, knows she clearly what knows about. what she's talking about. So let's let her do it. And like you said, she wasn't a diva. So she wasn't like just one of those actresses who yeah. were just hang out in their trailers all day and they're like all right bring her out yeah or boss people around yeah or anything like thinks that she's more important than she really isn't yeah (laughs) that's just my opinion it's like i don't think anyone's above anyone else i think it's just like look this is your job do your job don't act like you're better than everybody all right right um and then one other thing i was gonna say the the um dalton trumbo thing who helped write the movie Mm -hmm. Which you didn't know about this. No. He was a one of the Hollywood Ten. He was blacklisted. He was a blacklisted screenwriter during like this time because it was uh, the Cold War was going on. A lot of communist accusations being shot around ruined a lot of people's careers. But he originally wasn't credited for the story in this. 
So I think that was probably a change later, like an edit in the movie. So at the beginning, it actually says story by, and he helped write the screenplay, Dalton Trumbo. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't there originally, because if he was blacklisted, they couldn't have his name in it. True, yeah. Because that would have put a bad smear on the movie. So he actually didn't, he didn't, he obviously didn't win the like his buddy won the oscar for him because it actually won best original story mm-hmm. so his buddy took the award for him but then he, and then the fifty thousand dollars he was paid he gave to dalton trumbo but then years later in 1993 so years after dalton trumbo had died um they officially gave an award to his wife cleo but i guess the other guy's son didn't want to give up the Oscar because it was part of his dad's legacy. So they actually made another Oscar for Dalton Trumbo post-death. So I guess it's like the first and only time it was like two awards were given out for best original story or something like that. Interesting. Because of that kind of weird situation. Okay. And then what was the thing you found about the poem? Oh yeah. Dalton Trumbo uh, wrote this poem, like one of the, one of the first scenes with uh, Audrey after she escapes and, you know, she's clearly induced with that sleeping uh, drug. So she's mm-hmm. just saying things. Shoot her up. Um, yeah. She spits off this poem when she first meets Gregory Peck's character. And the poem that she says, you know, sounds very eloquent. And Joe makes a comment like, oh, well, you're re- well read. You know, yeah. so you you think it's some very famous <laughs> poem from from fair, you know famous literary artist, and then you come to find out that well, and then with this, uh, he actually wrote it. Dalton you know, Trumbo. Dalton Trumbo wrote it. It wasn't. Kind of funny. It wasn't like you know Aristotle or anything I think like that. <laughs> I, I feel like that's that seemed like some like something his character would do. Very, I don't want to say egotistical, but probably just like. I'm not going to look up a poem. I'm just going to write, write one. one. <laughs> Screw it. Like, I don't have time to look up a poem. Yeah. An old poem to make her sound smart. I'm just going to write one. Right. Um, That's funny. But the only other thing, actually, I did want to say. I have so many things I want to say. No. Um, But just, I wrote this note here. Because since they actually filmed in Italy. So yeah. they're the scenes where they're, like, on the scooter. And they're, like, making a havoc around town. And they're, like... Yeah going through like little outside cafes and all this and like you can the people's reaction like the extras are very italian yeah <laughs> like they have the big hand gesture yeah they're like hey what's the big deal uh, da, da, da. you can just see it i'm italian so it's okay i can see this if anyone's getting upset right now but they're like hey, what's the and i don't know I, I was like you can tell that everyone's italian here. yeah 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 they make it very apparent yeah but it, uh, Italians also, they want you to know that they're Italian. <laughs> they make it apparent that, yeah. like, hey, I'm Italian. They're and like, all right, cool. Cool, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think just some final remark I think I want to say with this film is I think I really liked the characters and I really liked uh, Audrey's acting, specifically at the end of the film, when you know clearly she has to go back to being a princess and they go back you know to they had to say goodbye and do their you know and leave each other they had this final scene where she addresses the press and asks how she finds out because he shows up there as a as a reporter as a reporter Mm -hmm. and i think she just does so much acting with her like portraying these emotions with her face without doing much right she doesn't have to say anything but she she showed so much emotion through her face and her eyes and everything which you knew exactly what she was feeling without her having to say anything at all exactly and i think that was a testament to her talent yes i agree so i think that's kind of very subtle yeah yeah like but you but you felt everything Mm -hmm. just from her her mannerism and her and her eye, like, she didn't have to oversell it. It was she enough that you knew exactly what this character is feeling in that moment. So I think... Very good. Yeah, so I think she was just a very good actress, and I think everybody should see her movies. And I'm sad she's still not around. And I'm sad she's, sad. she's dead. Yeah. But, all right, babe, so I guess now's the time to... 
tell the audience what we're going to do next. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're doing Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, I know everyone's talking about it right now. And I saw it, and I know I'm on record in the previous, in our Yuckathon episode of saying, I don't care how this movie is, but I got to tell you, I was wrong. This was probably one of the, my favorite superhero movies I've seen in a while. So having said that, we're going to do Yumathon number one, where we will go into Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we're going to do a little, we'll do a little comparison because you haven't seen the theatrical I cut. Haven't, yeah. So we'll, we're going to watch that and we'll do a little compare and talk about it and everything. So yeah, that's what we're doing. All right. I'm excited. Well, everybody, hopefully you guys will tune in for this Yumathon mm-hmm. with us. And if you want to watch that movie before we do the Yumathon, set aside some time. Set aside some time. Hours. It's four hours, so be mindful of that. But if you guys would like to check out our podcast, write a review on Apple Podcasts, we would love to hear from you guys or give us a like on Instagram or our Facebook. Send us an email at don't yuck my yum pod at gmail.com and we will see you guys next week see you guys next week bye bye